Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking uncommon sense about how to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching and coaching businesses. Now, in the last couple of shows, we've talked about why we teachers and coaches owe it to ourselves and our students to be effective communicators. With the first show looking at rhetoric and the three key elements of persuasion and the second show going deep on mastering the skills of a good listener. And since last week it was all about ears, this week it's got to be all about your mouth and particularly about putting better words into it. So I'm going to fish around in my teaching toolbox again and tickle out a few slippery words that grab attention, conjure pictures and intrigue your students. In particular, we're going to be handpicking some of my favourite verbs, which I lovingly sprinkle into lessons to spice things up. Now, the best way to start to use them in teaching is to download the PDF form and play the game I'll talk about in a moment. Go to neilcamber.com slash free and download the form and then print it out. Then choose a word or two every day and make a game for yourself of weaving it into your lessons. Then always be adding new words because when you're always adding new words and especially verbs, it's a great way to avoid being stagnant. Because when you're constantly playing the new verb game, for myself anyway, I'm more alert and I'm curious to see how my student will respond to an unusual or particularly powerful word. So let's get straight into some of the wonder verbs themselves. Here we go. Um, I've used an online random number generator to select 10 words from the 231 of them on my list and I'll sling together an example sentence on the fly of a possible usage for each one. So here we go. Random number. The first one that came out was number 191. And the word corresponding to that is, bear with me. Ooh, stretch. Good word, that. So in a guitar teaching context, I might ask the student to not to force a note, but simply allow my fingers to extend and stretch out to gravitate towards a particular note on the fretboard. Next number that came out was 86, and the word corresponding to that is lead. Okay, that's quite a nice one, because particularly if in a music context, I might find that the first note that I play will lead to the second note I play, and I'll simply instruct my student that as they feel the time for that note, particularly when they're improvising has passed, then it's time to allow the silence between the notes to lead into the next note, and so on. Next number out, 144. Mm-hmm, what's that one? Oh, I've got saunter. That's a fantastic word, a very motive word. So, what I, again, I'm using a guitar context here. I might say that there's no need to rush playing a scale when it would be quite comfortable for them to simply allow their fingers to saunter through the notes and skip or bounce from one scale degree to another. Next random number, 106. No idea what that is, so grab the sheet. Oh, I've got park. That's the usual one. That's quite an easy one. 
I might ask them to park their backsides down on the seat if we're doing a seated lesson or simply to park their thumb comfortably on the back of the neck about halfway below the center line so that their fingers are progressed comfortably around onto the strings. That's a good one. I like that. Number 31. I've got the word engage. Hmm, that's a nice one. How would a guitar player engage with the instrument? Oh, well, pretty much sums it up. I would ask them how they would like to engage with the instrument. And this would tie back to my work on biomechanics, where I invite them to engage in a relationship with the instrument, which could be violent and abusive, where they're trying to seize and grab at the strings, or simply to snuggle up close to it and allow their fingers to caress the strings comfortably into place. That's a good word, engage. Right, next one is number 80, intertwine. My gosh, what a fabulous word. Excuse me. So when I'm teaching scales and keys and chords and tonalities, I'll allow previous lessons ideas to intertwine with the current lesson. So I might present them as, say, a major pentatonic scale and notice that it intertwines and snakes its way through various chord voicings into patterns we've used for maximum efficiency. For instance, on guitar, the standard tuning, the third mode is pretty much optimal. So I'd suggest that the notes intertwine and pass through one another, wrapping around each other over and over and over again. My next random number is number 70, which is heighten. So oftentimes I'll suggest to my student that they'll notice what's going on. Or in this case, if the word of the day were heighten, I'd say just look into your fingers and, and heighten your awareness of how much pressure you're not putting on the string and whether you are in the right position relative to the fret. Just increase your awareness, become more aware, heighten your awareness. Great word, heighten. Number 56 from my list is da, 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 glisten. Oh, this is a nice word. I might use that as a, a word to describe the sound of a particular instrument or to perhaps suggest to a student that they need new strings. If their guitar strings are old and dull, I might suggest that a new set of strings would set off the dark rosewood of a fretboard by glistening. So that's, a, that's another nice word there. The next one is da, 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 number 112, and that's the word pilot. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So as a, as a teacher, my job is to pilot them through the, the dangerous waters to bring them into a happy landing even. So I'd, I'd use those navigational uh, overtones to bring them safely to the conclusion of wherever they wanted their destination to be. And finally, the last word on my random number list is number 195, which is on a completely different sheet because there are quite a lot of little buggers. 195, stumble. Ooh, stumble. I think this is a good word. As a teacher, I'm encouraging my students to make mistakes knowing that from time to time they will stumble. That's a very easy one to include because, as, as everyone knows, Children learn to walk by falling down a, a fair bit. And then they become less good at falling down and slightly better at stumbling around until finally they're toddling and falling and stumbling all over the place. And that's how it is when you're learning a new skill or a new idea. You will fall down a lot. But as far as I know, parents don't look at their kids and shrug their shoulders and go, 
she fell down again. Maybe this one isn't a walker. We assume everybody can do it. So stumbling is a necessary stage that happens before you're able to run, which is, of course, what happens before you're able to walk and before you're able to dance. So as you can see from those few examples, I'm constantly adding to my own word hoard and challenging myself to create different and hopefully better, more sticky sentences which can intrigue and captivate and evoke. Because part of being a great teacher is being playful and agile within yourself to be able to nimbly sidestep your students' defenses and lob a hand grenade of understanding and clarity into their lessons. Stepping briskly, skipping around the landmines of cliche and the stalemates of boredom. And that's why I love mucking about with language and stories so much. Especially when I'm teaching, the stories are a framework for the words and the ideas. But the words in themselves can be joyous, rebellious and mischievous little things. They can be charming, seductive and sexy. And they can be prickly, belligerent and infuriating. As long as they can provoke a response and catch attention, they're usable tools in my teaching toolbox. Most of all, don't let your words be dull. The English language is a fabulous resource for a playful and creative teacher. And that means you and me, doesn't it? So remember, let me know how you get on and what you do. If all this helped you as much as it's helped me over the years, please let me know. Because I'm listening to, I'm here to learn as well as talk. I'm really interested in how you make your tutoring and coaching business work for you. I'm just about smart enough to realize that I don't have all the answers. I just have some answers which sort of work for me. Either ones I've come up with myself or what I've stolen from other people. Get in touch with me via info at neilcamino.com and follow me on Twitter where I am at Tudor Podcast. And do remember to hit the subscribe button for the Tudor Podcast so you automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. Right, that wraps it up for the day. Except to say... Why not download the list of these verbs that I absolutely love from neilcambido.com forward slash free and just download it, print it out or drop me an email. Always great to hear from you guys where I am. Info at neilcambido.com and I'll see you next time. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.